This is Agents Influence Podcast. A lot of organizations I see and some that I talk to, they don't want to change because they think they know it all and they just want to keep doing what they've always done. The ones that I work with, the ones that are going to make the change, just like us as humans, you have to admit that there's an issue, right? And that you want help and that you're willing to implement help. And it's got to be a company culture from the top down. Everyone's going to have to handle change. Change is painful. People don't like change. But for the sake of the whole organization to succeed and the team to win, you've got to do something different. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, you loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with me, Jason Cass. And we also have another person who has a gorgeous, wonderful first name, also by the name of Jason Cutter. He even steals the same last name, first letter as me, but then he goes off on his own like you'll realize Jason does after everything like that. So once again, now here's something I want to do, loyal listeners, because I did not do this with Jason in the green room. Jason does not know what I'm doing right now, but I've been waiting to do this. Okay. Very, when I was in high school, when I was in school, everybody, every class I was in had six Jasons in it. Jason, am I right about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone had six freaking Jasons and it was the weirdest thing. And I really didn't notice it, right? I'm little and I'm going through school and I get out in life and I start to realize in my 20s and 30s that I don't ever run into any Jasons. Like never, ever do I run into any Jasons. And so I've given this a lot of thought over the years and I'm like, why in the hell were there three, four, ten in every class? But now I can't hardly run into them. And here's my theory. Every Jason, not everyone, right? But we're going to say 90% of them were born between the age, uh, they are today, the age 37 or 38 to 46 or 48, or 46 to 47. Jason, you have not told me. How old are you? 46. 46. (laughs) I'm telling you, Jason, you got to check this out, dude. I mean, everybody I ask, they're either between 37, 38 and 46, 47. It's like everybody and their brother. So I was talking to this guy the other day and I brought this up. His name was Jason. And um, he said that it had to do with, oh my God, I can't believe it now. There was a movie back in the day and we're not talking about Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees, because he, when I brought that up, he explained to me that it was actually his mother who was actually the killer in the first one. And you didn't know it was Jason until later. So I thought, shit, this guy knows his stuff, right? (laughs) But he started telling me there was another like... um, fantasy show or space show or something where there was these Jason and he was like a main character and they said he and it was in the 70s and and they said that or maybe the 60s 60s or 70s and every Jason going forward was that but then it fell apart in the middle 80s before I get into this I want to I want to introduce Mr. Jason Cutter Jason welcome to the podcast 
Thanks for having me. And funny story, uh, my experience was exactly the same in elementary school. In fact, uh, there were so many Jason and Jason C's that starting in junior high and above, I just went by Cutter, my last name. And my high school friends still call me Cutter. They, I don't know if they know what my first name is, but they just call Jason. me Cutter. Um, it's Jason. crazy. Jason. My friends don't even know my name's Jason. They call me Cass. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. I once had a birthday party in elementary school where there was three Jasons, and two of them were Jason C's, and two Johns. You couldn't even just say J in a room. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear. And so I, I just now thought of this when I was in, when I was getting ready to announce your name. I'm like, oh my God, he's a Jason. I'm going to put myself on the spot and see if he really was, and he's 46. Yep. I tell you what, I met a Jason one time that was 49. That was about a year ago. I asked all Jasons when they're born because I have this theory. And I've only had one that has been on. He was like 49 or something. I'm like, your mom used to be the – was probably the first one that was watching that show, got <laughs> pregnant, and said, I'm going to name him Jason. You know what I mean? But uh, exactly. really, really wild. And then Jason on the other side, do you run into many Jasons out there in the world? Uh, I, I don't. And it's a weird theory thinking about the fact that we both went to school with like nine Jasons and then everyone scattered out in the world and populated the world, but you never really see anybody. You know, the funny thing that I get constantly is I say my name to somebody, usually someone older, um, you know, like maybe like a grandma age. And they're like, oh, my son's name is Jason. Or my, you know, I have a nephew named Jason. I'm like, do you like him? And, and that's always my answer, my instant response. And I'm like, of course. I'm like, okay, good. Right? Because I'm like, okay, if you don't like him, then I'll change my name. Right. And Jason, here's the thing, bro. Next time someone says, hey, I got a so-and-so named Jason or whatever, just ask oh, him. No, no. Hey, by the way, how old is Jason? I'm just, I'm yeah. just asking. I swear, yeah. it's, it's something I do every time. So I guess because of this, because of this eight, nine, ten years – Jason was famous. I mean, was massively famous. Might have been one of the most famous names in the course of 10 years, right? And then we, and then they stopped with the name Jason. No one started naming him. And then we just spread out across the world. And yeah, now we just see each other one and over. Just yeah. found out the other day that in Canada, there's a famous home improvement, like home remodeling guy on TV. And his name is Jason Cass, C-A-S-S. What? what? Yeah. I, I'm like, I have you ever met anybody that's your own name? No, no. I want to. Not. I want to no. shake Jason Cass's hand. I just think that would be crazy. <laughs> I think the universe fall. will implode if the two Jason Casses meet in person. Like it's just not meant think, to be. Think about it though. That word <laughs> cutter is always in your head. So for you yeah. to put your hand out and say, "Hey, how are you doing, Jason Cutter?" That would be like weird, wouldn't it? Absolutely weird. I, there's a guy, David Cutter, that I know through the conferences and the stuff that I do. And he actually hired me as a client. No blood relation. Um, but, you know, the name Cutter goes way back England and then pilgrims and stuff. But it's even weird mm -hmm. just meeting another Cutter uh, in general. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Right, here we go, Jason. So, little right. listeners, I hope you appreciate that. But I threw it out there, and sure enough, I was right. He's forty-six years old. Fell right within it. Yeah, and I'm forty-four. Good job. So you, sh you oh, should work yeah, at the carnival no, or some kind of side sideshow. Guessing I, ages of people. I don't know how much how far it'd get me. I mean, if people say that they listen to this podcast. This is already a carnival sideshow. There we so, go. So, I mean, you just you just never know. Here you are, Jason. Uh, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> man. Um, I greatly appreciate. Oh, 
to having you. I apologize. I put away my cell phone, loyal listeners. How I found out Jason is uh, ran out to him there out in the LinkedIn sphere. And uh, as you guys know, loyal listeners know that I'm always like finding people, like save them, put them aside, say, hey, maybe this would be good. I didn't put him aside. I actually reached out to him directly because one of the things I like about Jason is you're going to find out um, if he's got, got some books out there. He does all kinds of stuff. But here was one thing that got me. He, inside his LinkedIn um, profile, please go look it out. It's Jason Cutter, C-U-T-T-E-R. Uh, he's 46 years old. Uh, Jason, he is the sales success mindset and scalability expert. Success sales are Sales success mindset and scalability expert. That's actually really not hard to say. I just butchered it right there. Um, so Jason, welcome to uh, the Agents Influence Podcast, man. All right. Officially welcomed. Thank you. Officially. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man, let's get on with this. Uh, we'll go. Usually these go anywhere about 20 to 30 minutes. But today we're already at seven minutes because Jason had to tell a stupid ass story, which I think is actually pretty Wait, crazy. Wait, Jason? Hey, I didn't tell a yeah. stupid. Oh, wait, that's oh. that was me. Yeah. Oh, good you, point. Oh, got it. Jason C. <laughs> Jason C. Oh, J- wait. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, no shit. All right. Um, so let's say August 16th, loyal listeners, is when we're recording this. It's at 8.11 a.m. You're thinking, how in the hell are they this giddy at 8.11 a.m.? Well, at least it's Central Standard Time for me. Jason, where are you? Mountain Time? What are you, I'm Central? in Florida, so I'm in Eastern Time. So You're in Eastern, where yeah. Cass is going to be moving to in about 13 months. Where are you at in Florida? Uh, Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, Naples area. So, Dude, that's where I'm moving. Excellent. I'm not boy. I'm I'm not joy. I'm I'm moving to Fort Naples. I I bet Fort Naples. <laughs> Fort. What the hell, man? It's eight eleven in the morning. I should be clear of thought than this. But uh, 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 Fort Myers. Yeah, my wife yeah. and I have been looking for the last three years of where we're going to move into Florida. Um, we've been up around the Tampa area. We've been down to Venice. I mean, I'm serious. We we have spent months over the last three uh three years just vacationing, and so we went to Fort Myers actually this year. Yeah. And we went to Fort Myers Beach. And the reason why it was the last place we went is because everybody told us that it was the least enjoyable. The Casses walked away. That was our favorite place. We were down <laughs> on Fort Myers Beach. It's like old school beach mentality. We want yeah. a beach house just like that. I'm like, dude, so me and my wife, we looked at each other when we came back. And I said, if we decided right now, we had to pack up right now of all the places we have been, where do you want to go? And she says, I want to go to Fort Myers. I said, me too. I said, that's that's probably where we're going to go. So that's cool. Maybe we'll see each other face to face here pretty soon. 100%. We'll get the get the Jasons together. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. also some other good people over there. There's a lot of good people that I know in Fort Myers. I mean, a lot of good insurance, well-connected um, people that live there. So that's one another reason why I was looking forward to moving there. Um, I like the boat as well. But anyways, hey, nice to meet you. Glad you were born in Florida. We'll see each other soon. Wonderful name. Now let's get on to it. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Uh, I'm an Android user. But I feel like there's a right boy? answer. Had a boy, and his <laughs> I feel like Jasons Jason. are just different in general. So. I'm, I'm going to start seeing if Jasons are Apple are Droid users. But I there got a new go. thing. I'm going to figure your out. survey, yep. dude. I'm going to. Good job. Boop, boop, boop. I don't get to do this very often. The loyal listeners are listening to this laughing because they know I'm usually depressed at this time because there's another iPhone user in the world. But okay, we got a Droid. We got a Droid user. Fantastic. I, Jason, I actually you- have a client right now who's mad at me because I don't have an iPhone, so his message colors look different, like when he texts me and stuff, yeah. and he doesn't yep. like that. And he I told like him, it. I said, "Well, if if you hire me for a long-term <laughs> engagement and pay me more, I will buy an iPhone just for you. I'll probably have two phones, <laughs> but I will buy one if that makes you happy." Totally. Um, 
they they do. My iPhone buddies hate that too. When I text them, they're like, "Dude, what the hell?" I'm like, "Man, it looks normal on my side. I don't know what the hell's yeah. what the hell's wrong with you guys. I mean, <laughs> you must not play well with others." Hey, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? You know. Somebody asked me that once before, and that's a tough one because I'm kind of in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I love to win. Usually, it happens just because I'm I'm good at something. I don't hate to lose if I'm not good and somebody's better than me. If I lose because of my own stupidity or choices, like mm. then that's on me, and I hate that part. Uh, that makes if someone's sense. just better at at something than me, then I deserve it. Like it, it's I'm I'm good either way, right? So. That makes sense. No, it makes total yeah. sense. That's that's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Two things in the world we believe got you to where you are here in the world. Are in, at AI, we believe that two things, sales or uh, – God, I'm telling you what. Loyal listeners are listening to this. They're saying, Jason, have you done a podcast recently? Actually, I haven't. I've been on vacation for the last week and a half – or year and a month and a half. Can't even say how long I've been gone. <laughs> year, uh, week, month, you, whatever. It's just something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I, loyal listeners, I'm here, okay? And this is going to be a good show. Um Two things we believe got you to where you are here, uh, sales or skill or luck. My God, uh, which one do you think has been a bigger infat, uh Loyal listeners, I don't know what the hell is going on with my my voice and my speaking or whatever. I woke up this morning like at five o'clock and I said to myself, I feel better than I have in the last couple weeks. I really said that to myself. Now I just can't talk. That's all right. Skill I'll, I'll carry this show luck. for you, Jason. Skill or luck? What has been a bigger factor in your life that's got you to where you are today? Man, I don't like either one of those uh, as the option. Um, I would say <laughs> skill for sure. I mean, there's always luck, but I don't think it's luck. I think, you know, you, you, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, embracing the skills and strengths and then just, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut enough if you just work on it hard enough, I guess. I it know. really is. It's it's a tough <laughs> one. For for some people, it is skill. Some people, it's luck. Some people, it's flat out luck. Some people will deny luck and say it's 100% skill. So everybody's different. Take and, us back and I, to- it's not 100% skill and it's definitely not 100% lucky because if you look at my life and my windy path, it has not been full of luck. Not good one. Let's talk so. about that windy path. Take us back to college. Bring us forward to where you are today and how you got there. Yeah. So I took the path that most uh, authors, podcasters, sales consultants, coaches, trainers uh, take, you know, especially ones named Jason, uh, who do things, every, everything different in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got right. a bachelor's degree in, in marine biology and I tagged sharks for a few years in and around Santa Cruz, California. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So where'd you go from uh, there? You got to bring us all the way forward to how you got to where where you are right now. So the the punchline of my marine biology was because of how I was raised and because of how I felt about people, it was safer and smarter to be tagging sharks and dealing with sharks than dealing with humans because I didn't really like humans and they didn't really like me. Um, And then I found out by working in a restaurant that I was actually pretty good with people, uh, even hungry people, which is the most dangerous type of human. Um, And then... um, Life took me up to Washington State. I was in California, took me to Washington State, and I got a job at Microsoft doing tech support because I thought I wanted to get into computers and technology, and tech support's a good entryway. And I realized, A, uh, tech support is not fun, and B, I don't uh, care about technology. Um, uh, That wasn't my passion. 
and then fell into the mortgage business in 2002, which was pure order taking, uh, height of the real estate boom. Everything was going nuts. Literally just sit back and answer the phone every once in a while and make a bunch of money and whatever, like took no skill. Uh, from there, I went to helping people who were in foreclosure avoid losing their home. Uh, and then, uh, started working in phone call center type environments, telesales, both in pre-foreclosure, credit card, debt management, debt settlement, helping people around their finances and financial life. Uh, Took a quick detour uh, and did some secret government stuff for a few years and ran away from sales and operation, got pulled back into it, was working at a company helping people with student loans and running call centers and operations and, um, you know, marketing, and then uh, started consulting about three and a half years ago. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Son of a gun. Okay, so you're well-rounded. So what got us going to consulting when it has to do with the mindset? And then this thing that I told you at the beginning, a scalability expert, what is that? So one of the biggest things is a common path that happens is somebody's really good in in sales, right? And so they're good at selling. And then what happens is they move their way up in an organization uh, and then they try to lead the same way they sell and they think that everyone sees the matrix like they see it. And salespeople inherently aren't big on systems, processes, structure. They just think, hey, get me in front of enough people. Let me play the numbers game and I'll make enough money and sell people. That's Which exactly is great if you want to... If you want to play a solo game and it's all about you and you you think that's going to work, but I promise you will never be fully successful even as an individual contributor, like we're talking about insurance or financial service or anything like that, if that's the game you play because it's going to be so feast or famine, right? That's like waking mm-hmm. up every day, going out of your cave 100,000 years ago and thinking, all right, I'm so good at hunting, I'm just going to go hunt something. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, right? And you lose long enough and you die. Um so most people who are natural, air quotes, and I, we could debate that term depending on how long we want to make this show, uh, salespeople, they aren't systems, processes, scripts, operational people. Then you take someone like that and they have an entrepreneurial spasm, as Michael Gerber says in the E-Myth Revisited <laughs> book. And then yes, they, like in, the, in your world, is then they open up an agency and they're like, well, I'm great at sales, so let me just find a bunch of salespeople like me and I'll just mm. I'll make millions. Um but there's a lot to it. So for me, the scalability is taken from looking at franchise models and McDonald's. And it's like, all right, so how do you make it? So there's systems and processes in place. So you can get repeatable, scalable results out of your sales team and not this crazy up and down and not this unpredictable. And at the same time, and warning, uh, you know, this is for the salespeople who might already be thinking about tuning us out, is it's not about making you sound like a robot. It's about letting you do what you do best in your conversations, but filling in everything around you with the systems that it takes to scale, whether you have two people on your team or you want to have a thousand. 
Now, now, Jason, here is something that um, that that I want to bring up here because you said that people that um, are like me, who I would say I'm a natural born salesperson. I'm just saying that because people have told me that, and I don't have any skills in it, but I seem to do really well at it. Let's just say that. But it even emphasizes the point when you said they normally don't have the the processes, the you know, the detail work. And that's totally me, like 1000%. I could <laughs> totally see that. And then there's people who say, well, I'm not even a salesperson, but then they get in a sales role, but because their processes are so good, they end up starting making sales, right? One of the things that I think that's important here is when you talk about scalability, you're talking about sales. And in an insurance agency, here's a problem. If an insurance agency gets too much business, like a lot of agencies will say, give me some of those online leads. I'll take a hundred a day. You don't want 100 a day because here's the deal. Not only do you not have a process, but if you do sell it, your whole team doesn't have a process to be able to service all of that business, right? So when you're talking about, and this is coming to you, Jason, when you're talking about scalability and you're talking about a sales team, do you ever have problems where they start selling so much that the actual whole team now is like, holy shit, we got to put together a process to support all this incoming business? A hundred percent, right? Because if we think about it, like, and and I I look back at a lot of our human evolution and it's just you there's these patterns that we have as humans right like if you're a farmer and you plant a bunch of crops and then you harvest them all and you don't have a way to process them you can harvest them put them aside and then they're all just gonna rot right Good and so point. the same Good thing point, with brother. this is you've got to be able to handle whatever you're producing and scale in all departments so the funny thing about me is I'm an operational guy first and a sales guy second so I'm kind of gotcha. the 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 ying to your yang which is I happen to have learned how to be really good at sales but my brain thinks operationally and systems and here's the other crazy part about me as since I'm not a pure salesperson where salespeople think sales or sales is God and then everyone else is there to serve them in an organization. I don't. I think there's an operation, the organization, the company, and I think there's a customer. The customer doesn't care about your departments. They just want help or your service. And so for me, I look at the whole, right? Very holistically when we're talking about processes, scalability, sales, selling something that no one else can fulfill is dangerous and, and a waste of money and damaging to reputations so say that again say that again what did you just said what did you just say was dangerous say that again i don't know it's it's 8 24 your time so it's too early for me to remember but um yeah. uh you know uh, selling too much that other people can't handle and process is dangerous right it's, it's gotcha. going to cost yeah. you money you're going to lose said. money and then it's dangerous to your reputation because those customers are going to be unhappy and in this digital world that it takes five seconds for someone to destroy your reputation online um because what is the number one thing that you see companies do that prevent them from scaling? Uh, ego. Um, it, it's, it's ego in thinking that let's just do the way that we've always done or here's what I did before and I don't need your systems and processes, right? Like, let me just keep selling people and you figure it out. And, and I, I don't understand why that's an issue. Just let me keep selling. Really crazy, isn't it? How do you break that ego thing? Um, the first step is admitting you have a problem. Right. That's the first of the 12 steps. Um, And I say that pretty straight. Usually I laugh more. It's true. uh, It's true. It's true because a lot of organizations I see and some that I talk to, they 
don't want to change because they think they know it all and they just want to keep doing what they've always done. Um, the ones that I work with, the ones that are going to make the change, just like us as humans, is you have to admit that there's an issue, right? And that you want help and that you're willing to implement help. And it's got to be a company culture from the top down. The leader has to agree to it, has to want it. That will trickle down. Everyone's going to have to handle change. Change is painful. People don't like change. Um, and But for the sake of the whole organization to succeed and the team to win, um, you know, you've got to do something different. What are you looking for when you go into these agencies uh, or uh, a business? Let me just say, I say agencies, but I mean a business. Yep. Um, business owner calls you and says, hey, we're having this problem or that. What's usually the problem that they're having? And then when you get in there, is it usually that problem or is it a different problem? <laughs> um, so most of the time, the problem that they say they're having is definitely accurate. The actual solution to it is so much more involved uh, that they may or may not want to fix it, right? Um, so mm. it's the common issue that people come to me with and say, my agents, either one of two things, well, my, my agents, my salespeople, my reps aren't closing enough deals. Uh, they have enough leads and they're acting more like order takers, especially once they know about kind of the terms I use with order or order takers versus, you know, deal makers and quota breakers. Like you identify that in, in your reps. You go, wait, they're just sitting back taking orders, like wasting money, wasting leads. And then the other issue is when uh, owners come to me and they say, I have a turnover problem. My reps aren't very good. I have a turnover problem. I'm firing them or they're quitting. They're never hitting their numbers. And what's the issue? And so for those, we can attack it. The order taker part is easier <clears throat> because that's just some training. Like I have some workshops that I do that will help people in the short term close more deals. The retention and the long term is different because that goes back to how you hired somebody and then the expectations mm. you set and then the yes. onboarding and then the training. And I promise that most organizations do not have a structured recruiting, a structured training, a structured accountability, a structured leadership uh, development program. Um, they Again, they just want to hire people and say, do what you do best. Go make me some money. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just fire you and find somebody else. That's exactly right. Loyal listeners, I will be the leader of all leaders, and I will say that that's me. And if you're driving down the road, if you're running, if you're swimming, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you do not think that is you, 80% of you are lying. You're lying to yourself, okay? And I'm going to be one of those that says that. I hire people. I don't have a certified training. Actually, if they're a, vir if they're a virtual employee, I have like a very organized on onboarding training. But they're an actual employee. We do have some minor employee. But like you said, the structure of the accountability and all that, people are terrible at that stuff. Agents are terrible at that stuff. And you know why? You know why we get away with it, Jason? We get away with it because of re uh, renewable income. Mm -hmm. I still get paid. This is a true story. People don't realize this. Loyal listeners, you don't even maybe realize this or not. Go into your office on January 1st and lock the door and tell everybody to stay home for the whole year. Come back on December 31st, unlock the door. You're probably going to have a lot of mail, but tell everybody to come back to work and you're going to have 70 to 80% of your revenue still coming in. That's the insurance business. We could yeah. continually get paid whether we do a good job or not. We'll get paid whether we're even there or not. And that right there is what allows a lot of independent agents and professionals, Jason, to cheat and to think that they're these great business owners because they lead these organizations. And it's like, no, man, if you were selling shoes and you had to sell the next product, you'd be out of here. You know what I mean? Do you find that a lot in other industries? Um, I do. When there's a monthly subscription renewable, there is some aspect to that. 
um, for sure. Uh, I once worked at a company where it was mostly reoccurring revenue as a monthly subscription model. And the owner and I even debated it for about a month of firing all the salespeople, about 110 of them, um, canceling all of the marketing. And then I calculated how long it would take to completely uh, drain out the monthly renewables at the retention rate that and attrition exactly. rate, right? And it was going to exactly. be like four and a half years. And he's like, well, if I fire everyone and stop marketing uh, and just keep operations, um, I would save uh, $2 million a month. What do you think? And I'm like, I'm good either way. Salespeople are, are difficult. Like, <laughs> I, I could go either way. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a, I, I, I am a sales guy, but again, you know, I'm a, I'm a business guy and an operations guy. <laughs> wow. I can save $2 million a month and, you'll, and I'll be able to run out for four years. Eh, we're firing these people right now. So, yeah, uh, wow. <laughs> One more cow. time, they don't do what we ask them to do and, and yeah. it's over, right? Um, but I think shit. it's also a challenge because I see that in the insurance business where high turnover just means I don't have to pay that agent anymore, right? I'm getting their deals for as long as they're uh, in my company and then I'm just picking those up and then I'm keeping those for the house. Uh, and I, I don't know, I don't have any proof of this, but I could just see some agency owners thinking like, this is a great model. I'd love my people to turn over constantly. Do um, you know where the abuse comes in that JJ? You CJ, you just built huge credibility with our audience because you obviously know what the hell's going on when these agents, Oh yeah. Are these agency owners? Yeah. I'll take on this agent. And you know, if he brings on some accounts in six months, he leaves, what's that's a loss to me. Well, actually there probably is some like serious financial loss there based on the time that you took to train them and everything else like that. If you train here's them. The thing. Yeah, if you train them. But here's the thing I want to talk about. Here's the rude thing. Kelly Donahue Pirro, loyal listeners, pointed this out at Brainshare last year in San Antonio. She said one of the biggest crimes is when an agent leaves, the agency producer or the agency owner will then give it to the CSR, who's usually a woman, and say, hey, here you go. You're in charge of that book now, but doesn't pay them any commission. Mm-hmm. The male, who's usually a male, usually is getting paid 20, 30, 40, 50%. He leaves, gets given to the CSR, who's usually a woman, and she doesn't get anything. I have never thought of that, Jason, and until that was brought up at this thing, and I'm like, this Kelly Donahue Pirro is a consultant who deals, and she uh, works with CSRs a lot. I, I'll never do that again. If, if a producer leaves in my office, we're going to assign it to an account manager and that account manager will get commission off of it. Now, they're not going to get as much as they normally would because there's other operations and stuff and they're getting paid already a salary, but there would be some compensation there. Ever thought of that? That was new to me I, in my ears. No, it, and it, it makes total sense and it's the way it should go. And when that's done and the pay is done correctly to that account manager, to somebody who's going to manage that book, obviously, if you've got a salary, then you want to make sure that, you, you know, it's above and beyond, not, you know, the same compensation that a commission only type of agent or salesperson would have. Um, but then that would shift that agency owner, that company owner to go, wait a second, like this is still costing me if that person leaves, I'd prefer them to not leave and then have to raise somebody else brand new. Um, but most likely the kind of company who would do that. That, like what you're talking about and what you want in student your side you that owner actually cares enough to invest in people in the first time instead of you know churning and mm-hmm. burning people so yeah so jason that's a, that's um, a crazy people one. know they have issues they're driving down the road they're running they're listening to this and they know they're like Cass is right my accountability is terrible this is all the stuff uh billy williams teaches about how no one you know spot checks anybody or anything like that 
they they reach out to you, Jason, and they say, Jason, I got this issue, but it's probably not as bad. They give you all this. So where do you start? If someone's <laughs> literally, seriously, Jason, if someone's yeah. listening to you and they want to reach out to you, they're probably thinking to themselves, like, where does this dude start? Where where do you go from there? So it it really depends. So sometimes I have companies that come to me that become clients, they know exactly where the issue is and we know exactly where to point the barrels of the gun, you know, and go like, all right, we need some sales training. We need to fix this. We need to fix that. Like we have a punch list going into it. Most gotcha. of the time though, when companies come to me and I, we start off our relationship, I start with a gap analysis, which is basically think of a very invasive medical exam, looking into everything and checking everything. What do you have now? Here's the thing. And this is where sometimes owners get a little worried or freaked out in the beginning is I give them the list and I say, do you have all of this? And then they go, I don't have any of this. And it's like, okay, at least now we know, right? Now like, we have a starting like, point. <laughs> all right. So send me your scripts, your training, your recruiting, your onboarding, your mission, vision, values. Send me, send me, send me what you do for leadership development, ongoing education. Like I just, like, you know, what about your call recordings, your meeting recordings, your, your documents? Like, and they're just like, uh, I have this one indeed job posting. And then I'm like, okay, sounds good. We can work with that. Now we know where the gaps are. And so I'll put together a report of like these 24 different categories that I use. If you want a scalable sales operation, most of the time they don't apply for somebody depending on the size, but it's like the future plans, the things that you want, like gamification and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, high tech phone systems. You don't need those in the beginning, but it's like, all right, what, what do you have? Where are the gaps, right? I'm looking for here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. Where are the gaps uh, keeping you from getting there? And then how do we triage the most important things first after that point in, in some kind of advising training relationship and then start knocking those down one at a time and then, you know, improving the operation? I love it, man. Jay, uh, we've been on here for 30 minutes, even though we wasted the first 10 on just telling people how awesome the word Jason is. But uh, on his uh, shirt is, and also, loyal listeners, I tell you all this time, this is the reason why to watch the YouTube, because every time he was talking about um, how bad we are, I was always pointing at myself. I want you guys to know that I'm leading, because <laughs> he's sitting here saying shit, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like he's in my agency. Because you know why, loyal listeners, no one's perfect. And even after you, he, you, even after Jason works with you for three years, you're still not going to be perfect. And there's going to be areas yeah. that you have to be willing to step up and say, hey, that's a problem. I got a problem, right? That's yep. it, Jay. Yep. You know? That's it. That's it. Like, and, and, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's also an evolution, right? The issues that and, and gaps we look at right now, give it six months, those may take care of other things that we thought were an issue or you scale and change and pivot and you know, who knows? And, and again, this isn't about making every organization, you know, a thousand person call center, right? It's about what's right. scalable for you. Where do you want to get to? What game do you want to play? I mean, I have many clients where the owner is the salesperson and they've tried hiring people and it never works out. And now I'm helping them build from the ground up, which I actually prefer. It's better to do it right the first time than, than mm. burn it all down and, and fix it. So, um, yeah, really I mean, it's, is, it's always a process. Jason, I greatly appreciate it. All the loyal listeners appreciate you as well. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable the power that you've had already on the audience. So thank you very much, man. I do appreciate you coming along. Uh, if uh, if ever you would ever need anything in return from us, let me know. I'd love to come. If you have a podcast or whatever, I'd come on it because I think it's important. Um, the reason why I really like Jason, what we just discussed, and loyal listeners, I hope you got it, is there was a couple times I would throw things out there to questions to him, and normal consultants are like, 
Well, and not that they're wrong. They'll give us a vanilla of an of of <laughs> business, right? Jason, you were actually able to speak um, our terminology, and it wasn't even speaking our terminology. It was actually knowing that the way agency owners actually are was pretty impressive. So good for you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. This was a blast, and definitely the first ten minutes w- wasn't wasted. Definitely educational for the uh, the people. It was there, very valuable. Yeah. What's it? <laughs> my wife thinks I'm crazy on that. And now I've told the rest of the world, you loyal listeners can tell me, Hey, my name is Jason Cass. As you always know, I love to do what I do because I do it for you. Bringing people like Jason on is, is what I do. I've continued to look out there and I'm always trying to look for the things that are going to make you better. And I know that Jason Cutter is one of them. Remember, I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's Cutter and we're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high-quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.